La 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 Talking to myself in the studio Opening a can of pop And drinking carbonated soda Well, in this week's in in this week's edition of the Talking Pot, see, I'm no good on my own. In this edition of the Talking Pictures podcast, I have gone rogue, kicked everyone else out of the studio. Actually, I don't know where anybody else is, and I have uh, called up my good friend Scott Norris, who is the Consumer Experience Director for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle in New York State. Are you in upstate New York, Scott? Is that where yep, that? Yep, upstate New York. Yep, exactly. Right off of Lake Ontario. Wow. Uh, so you get lots of snow there, right? A little bit of snow, yeah. A little bit of snow. What was the record snow this year? Actually, this was probably the most mild year we've uh, since we've moved here 15 years ago. Um, you know, it's not unusual to get 140 inches in a, in a winter, and you can get those snowstorms with you know, 21, 22 inches. Where do they put it all? Uh, that's a really good question. Actually, the, the, the guys that do the roads here are really uh, excellent. It's my driveway that's the problem. At some point, I'm piling up snow higher than my head. Hey, you still have one son left at home. He should be able to dr- drill that driveway out. Indeed. Indeed. I, I think I underutilize him. That's sure. exactly right. They, they're, they're, you have you had three children, and that's free labor for at least 18 years as far as I think, as long as I look at it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And when they come back for holidays, get outside, cut the lawn. You got it. Right. Anyway, so Scott's been in Rochester for 15 years. He, he came from Rochester to Rochester from the Iowa City Press Citizen, and you were the photo chief there. You've had a number of titles at the Democrat and Chronicle. Which, how many title changes have you had since your arrival 15 years ago? Jeez, uh, let me think back. I, I came here in 2001. I was the assistant photo editor for a very short time, um, and then I became the photo editor on September 11th, 2001, believe it or not. So, yeah, nothing happened that day. No, that, that was a fairly memorable uh, entrance into that role. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I was the photo editor then for probably five years or so, late in 2006. Um, I became the multimedia editor, then the director of multimedia, and now I get the, uh, the new fangled title of... Uh, uh, consumer experience director. A consumer experience director really sounds like s- somebody who works for like a big merchandiser. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a newspapery websitey title. But anyway, but you're as consumer media direct or experience director. What what falls underneath your title? What it's all the stuff you just mentioned, right? And yeah, then yeah. some. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it's sort of looking, yeah, certainly the, the visual aspects of it uh, fall under that title. Uh, but then it goes a little bit further. It, it, I guess if you look at, the, at, at the, uh, the very base of the title, it means I'm looking out for the consumer's best interest in everything we're doing. So I'm making sure the right stories get to the right place at the right time. They have the right visuals. We're doing the right thing with videos. Um, you know, taking into account feedback that we get, uh, answering a lot of feedback that we get. But really, just making sure that the products we have are uh, are exactly what, uh, what what people need in their lives right now. So the products that you are are offering the people of Rochester and the in the greater Upper New York area, um, 
are obviously the 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 DNC, the the, the Democrat and Chronicle online, and then you have the newspaper, and then what other products do you have going that you have your fingers in? Well, you know, for the most part, those are where I spend most of my time. But you know, even even the digital side breaks down to you know thinking about mobile apps, mobile websites. Uh, tablets, you know, so even the digital side gets broken down into several different categories uh, that you really got to think about and, and pay attention to and make sure that we're um, staying uh, highly competitive and uh, and uh, highly engaging on all those platforms. And, you know, and then outside of that, it's, it's everything that goes into those digital um, formats. You know, like your podcast, we dabble in podcasts, we dabble in 360 video now, we dabble in... Uh, we're going to be dabbling very shortly in a, a full studio uh, production setup and, and, and figure out how to utilize that. Um, so it's everything that goes into all of those products. Did the, the, now, you moved recently to a new building, and the, new, the, the move was facilitated by needing more space, needing less space, or was the – I think the building was sold or something? Yeah, it was a combination of things. One – you know, it was kind of bittersweet moving, and, and we all kind of regretted it at, the fir- at first because um, it was the original Gannett headquarters building. Gannett used to be uh, headquartered out of Rochester. So we were leaving this kind of historical building, um, you know, right where Frank Gannett's office was, um, and, and moving in. But the move was really for twofold. One, yes, we definitely uh, didn't need a five-story building anymore. Um, the presses had long moved out of that building and moved into a new location, a, a, a beautiful location in like 1997, so it didn't even have the presses there. Um, and we were really utilizing about two of the five floors that we had there. Um, but the other reason is that it felt like an old newspaper building, right? And I think that's why it was so bittersweet at the beginning. <clears throat> we all grew up in newspapers and loved that feel of that old newspaper building. This one is much more contemporary, more modern. Um, makes sense, I think, for a digital newsroom. You know, there's kind of a, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of a command center uh, at the front of the newsroom with several screens that we can use to uh, monitor um, different networks. We can see our our, uh, our metrics. We can uh, do about anything and, and monitor what's going on in Rochester and around the world and in our own newsroom. Um, and then it just feels brand new you know everything works like it should the wireless internet in here works believe it or not you know we didn't the old building was always a challenge yeah it's actually built for that so it it was it was a couple of purposes one to uh to to downsize the building but two really to make it feel like a digital newsroom and i think they really did a pretty good job of that you're the uh, were you consulted at all on the design of the way the newsroom was put together um parts of it small small parts of it um, for example, we got to decide uh, how we wanted to organize the room in terms of desks. You know, did we want, we had the option of going with rows of desks or pods of desks or, you know, uh, a few other options. We chose to kind of go with the pods so it felt a little more collaborative and didn't feel so sterile as like a bunch of rows of desks would be, um, you know, where the monitors were going to be placed and things like that. So, yeah, a little bit. Probably the most uh, involved I've gotten, though, is in the construction of our uh, our video studio. Cool. Yeah, I'm sitting in what is doubles as our. You know, I'm sitting here. You're talking about this really new building, and I'm sitting in, and not, nothing against our our building still feels oldy, newspapery. 
Um, but we're in in the in the photo studio, and I know you visited here a long time ago, but it's eventually the photo studio, and um, uh, you're looking at the lights that I have DIY'd for video, which are the shop lights you buy at Home Depot with um, with uh, film over them to, to give them a more balanced feel. <laughs> They're all attached and extension cords running all over. I'm starting to feel jealous just looking while you're talking about your new building. I'm looking at my old lights, but at least I have my old lights. I can't complain. <laughs> yes. At least they let me go to Home Depot and buy 10 shop lights, so I'm good to go. <laughs> um, the When you talked about ma- the thing that caught my attention was your, you could see your, your um, – metrics now what is your what are you measuring what is the metric that you're looking at is it the hits on the website is it the what stories are hot what what is that yeah really a combination of that um yeah i don't know how familiar you are probably the my favorite tool metric tool right now is chartbeat um, and that's the metric during the day, you know, as, as stories progress that I'm paying most, most attention to. Uh, what that will tell us is how many people are in what story right this second. And, mm-hmm. and it, it measures active readers. So you're not looking at, you know, somebody who started to read a story, left their tab open, and then walked away from their desk for a half an hour. They'll drop off. It only measures active readers. That gives us a good indication of what our reader interest is right now. We can see what they're hot in. And not only that, but we can see where the traffic's coming from. So is it coming from social? Is it coming from people coming straight to our pages? Is it coming from email links? Where is that traffic coming from? Um, And that gives us kind of a priority um, in our minds of uh, what stories deserve the most attention on social, deserve the best play on our website, deserve for us to go back in and make sure they're completely optimized for digital people for di- digital customers. So Chartbeat is the one that uh, we use the most. Now we use a bazillion different statistics over the course of a month. You know, I, of course you look at page views. Um, we also uh, are highly interested in unique browsers. Um, you know, page views can be uh, overvalued, I think, a little bit. So we really look at uh, unique browsers, time spent on stories, which is another good thing Chartbeat can show you. Um, you know, if people are spending... Uh, eight seconds in your story, that means one of a couple of things. One, either it's a very short story, or two, uh, you, your headline might have missed the mark and they opened it up and expected something else and just shut, and just quit out of it. Um, you know, if it's 90 seconds or two minutes, that's really a good amount of time to spend on the story. So you know people are highly engaged in that story and you really want to make sure you, uh, you utilize that interest. So, so how many, um, for instance, I'm, I... I went to your video page or I'm actually looking at it right now. And so as I was going through the, the your, you have used three top videos that are sitting on the page right now. And the first one is a witness describing uh, a police shooting. Mm-hmm. Now we, how f- from a strictly technical standpoint of point A to point B to point C, uh, Jamie shoots this video how long from the time she shoots this video to the time it's sitting on this page is your optimal time and or and what is the real time that you, okay. you want it there? Sure. Um, in breaking news situations, we really move very quickly. As you know from breaking news stories, the stories are hot digitally right away. And so if people are in your stories, you want to maximize that potential and, and give them 
uh, different ways to, to, I guess, experience that story. In the perfect world, and how we're trying to stress it is, um, we're getting those first clips back, clips back from the scene, you know, within 15 minutes of that person arriving, whether it's a quick witness talking about it, or it's uh, maybe some raw video with a voiceover of somebody telling, saying exactly just what they know at that point in time. So we'd really like to get that first video back in 15 minutes, which means you're shooting it with an iPhone and sending back clips. Um, and who's uh, editing the clips? Well, often the, the clips are edited from the field um, in iMovie on, on the phones generally. Okay, so when you get you get you get a ready to go product uh, with a with a, a lower third and whatnot with the person's name talking all ready to go to to post right away. Usually, yeah. wow. That's, okay, I'm impressed. Yeah, definitely. Now, in reality, I can tell you this one that that you're seeing at the top was a little bit different. Um, one was the time of day that it happened. <clears throat> so this one actually happened uh, in the uh, uh, late in the afternoon, like five o'clock, five thirty, when our staff started to get smaller, and uh, uh, Jamie had to be pulled off another assignment to get to this location uh, and get there. So the first images we had back were from reporter iPhone images, um, and when he actually tweeted out a couple of videos. Um, rather than uploading from our system, which we embedded as tweets, so people could view them right up our pages. And those were the first videos we got back uh, from the reporter. And they were actually fairly uh, important videos because, you know, like any news situation, we were not fully sure what was going on, and obviously police weren't talking. But we knew uh, there was likely an officer injured when a ambulance left the scene with a police escort, you know, in front and behind the ambulance. So we knew... That, that was a pretty good, pretty important detail to get out to readers right away. Um, but in reality, that video you see that Jamie uh, put together was probably about two hours after that event started. Okay. The um, the when your photographers go into the field, since this is a photography podcast, when your photographers go into the field, is their first priority? Now, as we both know, shooting video and shooting stills. And trying to do them at the same time is a little like juggling cats, flaming, flaming cats, actually. And so what is their emphasis? Is it the, the, that single eye-catching, you know, hard-to-look-away-from image? Or are they directed to just go directly into video mode Start collecting as much video and then go and go, <clears throat> excuse me, and then double back for the stills? Or is it, you know, do your best to, to figure it out while you're there? Part of it's do your best. We kind of have a, a standard workflow that we try to use at news events. But like, like you know, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no two same events. Everything has a little bit of differences. What we really encourage people to do um, is as they arrive on the scene, the first thing they do is make an image and tweet it, because that way uh, our producers back here can grab that image and have it available to use with the story. That's like option number one, go for it right away. Number two, then, is to start to concentrate on, on making some video and, and trying to put together uh, some clips off of that. And then it's really a photographer's choice, uh, and they have to make the best of the situation. Sometimes, and you'll see like Jamie did if you looked at that witness describes shooting, he uh, incorporated some stills rather than video 
um, as B-roll in that one um, because there wasn't that much action going on actually at the scene where he could see. So he felt it was okay to shoot stills. So he had those available and then incorporate those into the video. Now, if it was a fire with flames coming out and uh, lots of action going on, I'd have much preferred at that point that we get video out of it and, uh, and keep rolling that. And at worst, if we had to, we may uh, pull the best possible still out of the, uh, the video. You know, that, that's becoming better and better and better as, uh, as, as technology progresses. And we've done that, uh, if not routinely, often. So the so that then my next you have answered my next question the 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 website is the priority product and the and the newspaper is is um, takes a back seat in in on many occasions is that accurate or not accurate? In breaking news, I'd say yes. I'd say that's accurate. You never like to say anything takes a back seat, right? But if you're operating on video, obviously that's not going to go into print, right? But in breaking news scenes, yeah. Um, you know, I think um, our newspaper isn't all that unlike others, where the print product is really kind of has almost a different mission than, than the website at times. You know, we de-emphasize breaking news, unless it's a really big breaking news um, event uh, in print, where it's a pretty heavy presence on digital. Print, we're trying to give people... Um, you know, since they already know what happened because they were probably on our site or somebody else's during the day, um, the next day's product is really looking at context and depth and those kind of things, um, which we'll also have online. But for the immediacy, um, digital uh, really can thrive on breaking news. Now, everything that you've said to me requires people and effort and man hours. How many photographers, staff photographers do you have, and how many staff reporters do you have? Right now we have uh, five staff photographers. Um, we, we now are fully staffed at six, and I hope to have that six sometime in the near future. Um, but we're right now at five, uh, which is, uh, you know, unfortunately a far cry from where we were uh, even six, seven years ago. When I started here 15 years ago, we were at... Um, Ten full-time photographers, two editors, a year-round intern, and a uh, department assistant. Um, and so now we're down to five five staff photographers. Hopefully, six in the very near future. Um, reporters, I think the current number is twenty-three. I believe right now. Wow. Well, you know, with twenty. 20- with 23 reporters, that's a lot of iPhones. That's a lot of eye, eyeballs out there um, to cover stuff. I mean, I, I think I think that I mean I think that the in the changing world of things, you know, in using here as an example, you know, we sit at at um, there are there's me, Meg, Gary. And Brian, so that's four full-time people. I have the job of having to manage the joint and shoot uh, as much as I can. Um, and then, you know, I, I think there are six to seven reporters that are in the newsroom. Now that doesn't count the features department and whatnot. So, uh, which is also a far cry from when I started, and we were there were so many of us, we had to be in two buildings, and that's just the nature of the business. But the, right. um, but it's it's uh, 
it really is amazing what you can get done. For instance, I, I was covering a, a fire, and the fire really wasn't that big a fire yesterday, but the, the little tidbit of news um, was the fact that a fireman, <coughs> excuse me, a fireman um, had to be transported from the scene for reasons I don't think we still don't know um, at the taping of this podcast. And, you know, he was in stable condition when he left. But what I really liked about Rachel, the reporter who was there, was she was on one side of it, I'm on the other. She's got her iPhone. She's banging out photos on Twitter. She's getting as much update Twitter while I'm working the scene from a still perspective because there really wasn't a ton of like eye-catching like action video. But it for even though I do a ton of video, there is, are times where it's that middling event where you have to I, I make the choice to try to make a still image over um, middling video. Yeah, and it's, and, it's, and that's a, and it's a tough call. Go ahead, you were you were saying something. Well, I just say, yeah, I mean, there's that decision for everybody. And, and uh, I think what's nice about my experience being a photographer is I know that these guys out in the field have to make that snap second decision. Is this a video or is this still? Um, and uh, I refrain from second guessing because I know that's a, that's a tough position to be in. Are you technically in charge of the photo department then? Uh, yes. So you, you have all the hats you used to wear those titles that you listed, you're still wearing those hats and then you have this other new big hat. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, so, <laughs> well, at least you survived all the downsizing, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Keep those skills coming. That's right. That's right. Keep those hats coming. I've got a big head. I um, still like to feed my kids. So. That's right. Exactly. Um, so what is the, uh, the I, I can't. You, you, all the things that you're you're talking about are are all corporate. Are are, are corporate mantras down? Is, is Gannett made a, a, a decision that this is the way we want to go, or is this a local decision? Um, it's you know it's it's both. Mostly it's a local decision. Okay. And obviously, um, um, you've got direction that that you take into consideration. But I can tell you that both. Uh, uh, both at a corporate level and local level, video, the importance of video has just exploded over the last few years. Um, you know, I think you can debate some of the numbers, but gosh, I've seen some projections that, you know, 70% of news cons consumption will be in the form of video in the next, by, you know, three years out. Um, and, and, and so it's really, uh, an important thing to get our feet into, uh, uh, as deep as possible right now, I guess, because uh, if I look at my kids' habits, um, I can tell you they watch video all the time. I would guess, even though their their uh, their dad's been in the newspaper industry his entire life, that they pick up a print product. Maybe if they pick up a print product and look at it once a month, I would be surprised. And if they've done anything other than look at our videos and maybe read a couple stories, I'd be surprised. So you really see that changing habit in uh in generations coming up the uh the videos the ad engagement the i noticed that in for instance today at least the ad that i'm getting is the iphone ad 
where the cute iPhone girl uh, is talking to some befuddled person who comes into the iPhone store, which is the usual. I think that's how they describe the ad in the pitch meeting. (laughs) Cute girl talks to befuddled person and they just switch out the befuddled person who comes into the AT&T store. Um, And the, the ad is like 15 seconds long, which seems like an eternity um, for right. me is, do you, have you guys measured what your, what your readers or your viewers will put up with as far as how long, because there's an ad that ad repeated between each one of your videos. So the engagement was, I watched um, witness describe Seneca park shooting ad and then watch Rochester police involved in shooting ad words to live by at Rochester library, you know, each one of those was broken up by the same 15 second ad. Do do you find that your engagement numbers for your particular audience is still good? Um, You know, we don't measure the measures I have the ability to look at are how far into the video they get after they get through the ad. Okay. Um, So, you know, um, and I see how many uh, videos we have viewed. We know the trend is certainly on the upside, uh, for sure. I mean, we're like uh, 60% or maybe close to 70% year over year in video view growth. Um, and, you know, but videos in total, and it's, it's no different here than it is other places. If you can get somebody to stick through a video past 60 seconds, you're doing pretty good. You've got a good video. Uh, but, you know, the, the ad thing is something we've... Uh, uh, we've toyed around with for years, you know, it's, uh, it's in high demand by advertisers. They like that ability to be in that pre-roll. Um, again, uh, I guess it pays the bills. Um, it must do the job for the advertiser, uh, because we keep getting them. I think the one you saw was definitely in the national circulation. We quite often have uh, several local ones in the rotation too, but, uh, but really it's, uh, I guess it's a new way to keep me employed for a while. Right, yeah. I, it, it's it's fun. When we first introduced video, we were using, you know, various platforms. And the first videos that when we introduced ads into them, our engagement just dropped like a, like a stone. Yeah. Because people were like, I'm not watching this 60-second ad before I watch your – your video about whatever and the the it's it, in the quad city market for for me is a bit perplexing as far as what people are willing to sit through i i, I whatever the math to to figure it out i've yet to figure it out it, i've never uh, unless it's spot news that is the like shootings or something or especially you know police provided video gash cam video i mean that does crazy business um the the video we had a video that i I don't know i mean it's the numbers just keep chunking up i didn't people are still watching this video um i don't know where it's been been reposted other places but it was a bar fight cam and it was the woman's throwing billiard balls at people at three in the morning and it's just this crazy fight and it's still you know every once in a while i'll check the matrix numbers and it's like this video is still collecting hits you know a year later 
Um, but that kind of stuff is like instant gold as far as hits. And then for a long time, we've done um, our videos have been videos that are storytelling videos so that they're not necessarily raw clips or quick hits from scenes and whatever. Um, and they've done well. Um, some do better than others, but the, um, but the trend is really kind of, you know, moving towards, I think more your model. Um, but you really need reporter contributed video to make that model work. At least you do here. Right. No, you definitely do here. Um, you know, and you, it's really important, and again, part of my job, too, that's uh, becoming more and more important, that uh, that everybody at least understands the basics uh, of video shooting a little bit, um, because you're right, you know, with five photographers and 23 reporters, these five guys can't be everywhere. Uh, right. We depend on them to be the eyes. And then, who knows when that... Uh, house is going to explode right next to yours, right? You better be ready to, to roll uh, if you're part of this this newspaper. And that goes from editors all the way up. I mean, everybody goes through some level of training. So if something happens while they're there, they can actually make it make it happen. They can at least get some video back for it. Where did you, did you do your training in-house or did you send them someplace? All of it's in-house. Uh, all the training for them was in-house. Now, 1.3 years ago, um, Gannett had a small group of people that went around to different locations and, and did some uh, training for, for at least the largest newspapers uh, in Gannett. Uh, and that was very helpful. But, you know, again, a lot changes in four years. And so we've had to keep keep that training uh, fresh and make sure new people know the basics and things like that. Now, we graduated from the University of Iowa. And I should mention, I should, for full disclosure, Scott and his wife, uh, we're the the best man and maid of honor at our at my wedding to my to my wife Lisa. So it's like I've known Scott a long time, and we went to the University of Iowa together. Worked on the Daily Iowan together. Um, did you have any? Do you ever pinch yourself that you 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 left you left Iowa City, the comfort of Iowa, to go to upstate New York? A completely, I mean. It's not that Iowa is completely different from upstate New York because there are a lot of similarities, but essentially it, it, it's a different animal um, that you would have gone from where you were in Iowa City to having to manage this many platforms on a daily basis. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that you could have conceptualized that, but it's it's hard for I mean, it's I'm amazed. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm amazed at your ability to adapt on the fly to sitting here listening to you talk about these various different metrics and and measurings and videos and engagement and whatnot i'm i mean i i'm really impressed with the way you present the information um yeah no, i i think about that all the time I, I joke with people and it's only a half joke i'm kind of an accidental editor um because I, you know, when we were coming through college and even five, six, seven years graduated from college, I was pretty sure by the time I was the age I am now that I'd have probably been a, uh, a photographer at the Chicago Tribune and I'd be taking pictures out in the street all the time. And trust me, that never gets out of your blood. No matter what my title is, in my head, I still view myself as a photographer. Um, 
which I don't think anybody that's been uh, taken off the streets can fully understand. I still view myself, although there's people out there in my newsroom now that don't even know that that was my background. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it, as newspapers changed, and when I made that first jump from Iowa City when I was a chief photographer, much like you are there, where you're doing both running the department and, uh, uh, and on the streets as much as anybody else, uh, to coming to Rochester where all of a sudden, boom, I was, uh, I was behind a desk most of the day and working with other editors and photographers in an office. It was a huge culture shock um, and one that I don't know that I fully contemplated before I did it. And, uh, and every position I take, I've taken since then has been, hmm, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder if I should dive in and you know, try to expand my, my skill base a little bit and keep myself relevant and keep myself up to date and informed and, and keep going. So, you know, I never set out to be a consumer experience director. I never even really set out to be a photo editor in my, my lifetime. It just sort of happened. Well, um, you're doing an absolutely fabulous job, and I, the fact that you're you're not only juggling flaming cats, but I think you're also with, with that's just with one hand. The other hand, you're juggling bowling balls, um, yeah. and so um, and Scott's not a real tall guy, so you know the, the fact that he's managing this that, that is is pretty amazing from a physical standpoint. Um, the uh, um, the I watched your 360 video on Facebook that was, or I guess it was live in the newsroom. Your right. Facebook lives, how are those doing? Those that's kind of a new thing. That's a new hot thing to do. We've not tried Facebook Live yet. They do very well, and and you know probably the most interesting thing about our Facebook Live videos is we get more positive comments from our users on those than anything else. As you know, uh, people aren't always kind to their local newspapers on social media. No. Uh, but every time we do one of those live videos, we get, oh, thank you, this is so cool. Can you guys do more of these? This is awesome. You know, all these comments. So we know that there's an appetite for those out there. Um, they're easy to pull off. Um, well, how do you pull them off? What's the, what's the technical thing that you need to do? All you need to do is give, uh, when the reporters go out and we know we're going to do a Facebook Live video, it's as simple as making sure they have access to our brand account. Um, we temporarily give them access to our brand Facebook account. They start their status up, push the go live button, and they're shooting live video as soon as they, they get there. You know, we, we do a little instructing, making sure if you're in the press conference, you're not in the back row, that you're up as close as possible to capture sound. Um, but that's it's that easy. I mean, it's really super simple. Interesting. I, I we'll have to we'll have to break one of those out for something because. Yeah, first time we did it, we did it for the first time actually on New Year's Eve. Believe it or not, we had this uh, huge uh, uh, breaking news story on New Year's Eve where uh, the FBI um, apprehended a guy who had planned to, to uh, uh, go into one of the bars and and shoot up and use a machete to kill a bunch of people on New Year's Eve on Rochester. And Jesus they arrest them on New Year's Eve. Um, so, uh, and broke up that plot. So we had that big story going on at our, at our news conference to talk about it. We decided to try this new tool and man, it just, we have more views than you can imagine. We actually had one from a snowstorm, a live video view that had 500,000 views, if you can imagine. Holy crap. 
Wow, that, it, it's impressive. It's a it's a new it's a new tool to me. It's a tool that um, I didn't really pay any attention to until I started seeing you do it. And then um, because I get I get I get my I still I subscribe to all my Democratic Democrat and Chronicle updates. Um, and so I'm like probably the only guy you might want to check your metrics. I'm pretty sure I'm the only guy on the edge of Iowa uh, on this part of Illinois that's getting updates from your paper. Um, but the uh, the the one you were doing, uh, it was live in the newsroom. And so as a as a newspaper guy i was watching kind of the dynamic of of you know you guys are kind of on the edge talking about what's coming for the day and and your um your your chief editor was you know asking you guys some questions and then my palms got sweaty when she asked well how many videos are coming today and i'm like oh my god if someone asked me that question at nine o'clock in the morning i'd have a heart attack um (laughs) so what 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 is the general um you know, like the your thing that you the point you want to hit that um, the word I can't think of, but that 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 mark you want to hit with fresh video every day. What what are you looking for? You know, we're really looking for three to five. You know, and that's still a pretty conservative number um, uh, for us. And and you know, we're looking at video of all forms. Some of that uh, a raw video is completely valid. A good package video is completely valid, and then everything in between. Um, so we really look for three to five a day, trying to maximize on the high interest stories and the high, highly visual stories, obviously. Um, so we try to hit that every day. You know, some days we we exceed that. Some some days we don't quite hit the mark. Does the um, so when you have your morning budget meeting, do you have a you, what is it? And when I say budget for people who aren't in the newspaper business, that's just pretty much we, we figure out where everything is going to go or what we're going to cover for the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then um, so when people go out for an assignment, are they being told absolutely video from this, no exception? Or are there assignments you're like, yeah, this is going to be dull as dishwater. We're not interested in video in this. Just concentrate on the stills. Yeah, some some of them we definitely know we need video from us. We'll, uh, that'll be uh, clearly communicated. Um, there'll be others where we'll say, you know, hey, I think to me this sounds like a great video opportunity, um, but make your make your decision when you're there to to, to make sure you confirm that. If you, if you come back and tell me that just really wasn't a video, uh, then I'll I'll know you gave it an effort. Uh, but there are those who are like this. We definitely need video from this. Um, and go from there. The, the staff is getting much better about sort of thinking that early um, because they've got enough feedback. We talk about it enough um, that uh, they're they're pretty used to uh, going in their thinking video at least from the beginning. That wasn't always the case, uh, but it's becoming more and more mainstream. Is is the um... Oh man, it went right. This had the terrible thing about doing a podcast is you forget what you're about to ask while you're listening to the person intently, and then you're like, idea pops into your head, and then it goes out of your head as soon as you start to open your mouth. Uh, your mic is live. Um, that the video that is produced by the reporters. There, I think you answered this sort of earlier. They're editing everything on their phone, so you get a. F- Finished product, finished product into your into your queue. Um, 
you don't have people. I know there's some places where the clips come in. There's somebody sitting at a desk that assembles them and then puts them out. Do you have like a, I guess, is there a web production staff or is it just you? I can't imagine that it's just you. No, we, uh, how we're set up now, there is no video producer per se. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, though I can envision in the near future that that's going to be necessary as we continue to go that route. Right now, we have, we have what are called producers. We have uh, five people right now on a producer's desk um, who have multiple responsibilities, including uh, copy editing. Um, they do some of the management of our fronts, a little bit of social, um, help optimize stories for digital, um, and those kind of things. But there are five people, which may sound like a lot, but over the course of seven days, and we try to start one at 5.30 a.m. and have one available all the way to midnight, that five doesn't go too far. Right. We also have a, a content coach for mobile uh, position. Um, she's really kind of the, uh, the other video expert on our staff. Um, a lot of those, uh, she sometimes will take video clips and put them together um, because they need to be a little more sophisticated possibly than what the reporter can handle in terms of editing. So she'll take those and, and do that. And other times she will make a video from scratch. Some of our explainer videos. Uh, that, that, that was my next question was the explainer videos. Yeah. She's really, she does most of those though. She, we're starting to train others to do that. Yeah, those were really, I thought that was the tree trimming one is very interesting, and I'll put a link to it on our blog, that were, you know, I was expecting there to be a guy from Davy Tree saying these things. Instead, you kind of creatively created a bullet point um, thing in a video. I mean, it it was, I mean, somebody went out and shot some B-roll. Somebody put some creative text over it that were essentially was a bullet point chart, and it worked. I thought it worked really well. I watched it, you know. Yep. So that's that was uh, the person that put that together. That was her first attempt at doing a, an explainer video. So she went out and shot it exactly how you expected it to. She shot the B-roll. She interviewed a guy, um, and you know, without uh, Angie here, that probably would have been the video. But Angie looked at it and said, "You know what? I think this could work better if we use some text overlays um, and just forgo that." Um, and and uh, and it works for two reasons. One, you can make this a social video and put it on Facebook because, you know, when you scroll past Facebook videos, you don't get the sound right away. It makes sense without sound. Um, oh, that's a good idea. That's a primary reason. And two, um, they're just becoming really popular and, and, and useful. So at, at first, uh, Tina was like a little resistant. Like, I, I interviewed this guy. I've got the video. I can do this uh, the way I've always done it. And he said, you know, just give my shot. Give my way a try and see what you think. And, so that was her first attempt at an explainer video. Yeah, it turned out really well. The um, the the question I forgot to the, in mid asking of it was the assignment load. What is the daily assignment load for your staff photographers? What does their day look like? Anywhere, but uh, I would say range from one to three jobs, um, uh, depending on the day. Very rarely does it go over three. Um, uh, but one to three, uh, and that seems to be right with travel time and video considerations and all that others um, in mind. Sometimes it's zero if, if, for example, they had a, a more complicated video that they've got to spend some time in editing to kick out. They may not have an assignment. That's pretty rare too. And what are their shifts? How does that? How does that work? First shift starts at six thirty. Uh, they're all uh, the shifts here are seven and a half hours. Um, 
So we stagger them in 6.30, 9, 10, 11, and 1.30. Okay. And so your last guy walks out the door at 10 o'clock. Yep. Yep. What's your de- What's your deadline to, to your press? Um, we, we go to press now. Uh, our deadline to have everything uh, designed and done and ready to go is 11 o'clock now. Oh. It's a lot earlier than it used to be. Well, this will make you feel better. Currently, with our the dispatch from the Rock Island Argus is being printed in Cedar Rapids. We we you probably remember that we moved our presses. Our presses have become obsolete. Instead of buying new presses for millions of dollars, we are taking advantage of the state of the art presses in in Cedar Rapids. And our current deadline um, for photo to get it to get a photo to the desk is nine o'clock. Wow. Well, and it will go in to assure our local listeners to the podcast that will change and get later, um, later when we later, as far as when our slot changes, when we, we, when Cedar Rapids puts us in a different time slot to go to, to, to ink. Um, so it won't be this obscenely early, um, forever but it, it it was weird because it actually helped us in high school sports and it and i and it's interesting because um for instance meg would go cover a game and she'd you know have her laptop she'd get something out from the from the first half or the first quarter or whatever get to make deadline from this high school playoff game and then she was free to to do whatever she needed to do because the paper was taken care of that that end date that end time was taken care of so now she's at the game longer um than she would have been you know in the you know you run out of the you know run out of the game to go make deadline back at the paper five blocks away instead she's made that print deadline and now she's just worried about the web and they made some some of the best uh, reaction shots that we've had at the end of games because they were completely unencumbered by a print deadline. And, yeah, and it, you know, that's a really good point. It was, it was, it was, I, I went, I had to, I had to think about it. Why are we getting, I mean, why are we getting better reaction pictures this season? And then all of a sudden it dawned on me because she has absolutely no, you know, she or Gary or whoever else was shooting the game, they didn't have to worry about getting back to the newsroom and getting it through Intellitune or whatever. They were getting it to the desk in time. The desk was sending it through Intellitune. If there was a photographer who was not at a game there, they checked it in Intellitune, make sure the print product looked okay. So we were all set there. And she was free to change lenses, you change locations, be where she knowing the teams as she did to go back and forth and know things that that just you just maybe your mind isn't as clear when you've got this looming deadline. You know, you have to be back here by 10:15 or whatever it was. And that, those days were good. that that was that she was no longer encumbered by that. So uh, that's the the interesting um byproduct of the earlier deadline. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the uh, you know, and it, the, the we started in we started back when um, we were shooting film, and you'd shoot an Iowa game, and you, I mean, the day of your wedding, for instance, I shot the first half of the the Iowa Iowa the Iowa Ohio State game. It was Ohio State, right? Because you wanted yeah. to shoot it, but Melinda told you no. 
Yeah, it should. <laughs> that I would. I think it was the Wisconsin game, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're. I knew it was red. So the Wisconsin game. So I shot the first half, ran back to the across campus, developed my film. Um, I had to because the Daily Iowan didn't publish on Sunday. I only had my requirement was to, I had to get a picture to UPI. So in the I in the thing that young photographers don't understand was that we had to develop the film, we had to print the picture on a um, the easel that had left a space for us to type with a physical typewriter on sticky paper the caption, you know, and then you know print the picture and tape this caption onto it, put it in a blue machine tubed machine that took what 20 minutes to transmit a black and white photo yeah i think it was yeah i think as it went it was eight minutes for color separation so yeah between eight and ten minutes at least yeah and so and so that you're doing that and i did that from i had the machine in my apartment um lisa typed the caption while i was taking a shower and we transmitted the picture while i was getting dressed for the wedding which I also had to photograph. And then literally the thing stopped. I called New York to make sure the picture got there without any hits and we got in the car. Yeah. And now I can do that in like four minutes with my phone. And uh, yeah, and if Lisa, yeah, if Lisa's driving, you could have done it in the car too. Yeah. Like, yeah. The car and did it in car. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the mind boggling speed in which we can get things done. But the, the, the interesting thing in this business is that the faster we can get things done the general perception from the people who run the checkbooks is that well you don't need as many people right but then they want us to shoot video and they want us to shoot stills and they want us to do slideshows and whatever so even though we have less assignments because of digital um well, I don't even know if we have less assignments than we used to. I, it, but it's it's one of those things that we've we, we've changed the dynamic through technology, but the 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 ravenous appetite for more has increased. Yeah. So it's in think, a, it's an one, interesting one thing dynamic. I try to, one thing I try to remember, remind those people is that uh, photographers still have to get there, and not only do they have to get there, but they need to be there. If a reporter misses a story. They could call from the office and find out the details afterwards and get it there. The photographer misses it. They miss it. And that, so, you know, you need the people to get to be to the locations they need to be and to get there in a hurry. So, um, you know, I've always kind of fought that perception of, oh, you know, we got 23 reporters and five photographers. That should be good. Well, photographers have to be out in the streets. I mean, I, I rarely see those guys in the office anymore because they have to be out there and they can do their jobs from their car or whatever coffee shop they're closest to or whatever. So uh, I don't see them as much as I used to. Yeah. And it really is. It's just mind boggling. I mean, the fact that, I mean, just the idea of, I opened um, Final Cut Pro and in, in, in a, I was helping Mark Hirsch a couple of weeks ago. That was the last podcast we did with Mark Hirsch. You're following Mark Hirsch. It's pretty good. You've done a good job following Mark Hirsch. He's a tough act to follow. Um, and we were teaching junior high kids. And when I opened Final Cut Pro on this on the big screen to show them, one of the kids asked about editing video. And I opened Final Cut Pro. They all went, oh. 
<laughs> and I and I went really seriously. It looks really complicated, and it and it is in some sense really complicated. But once you get to know what everything does, it's really not that complicated. Right. Um, but the idea that I can edit an entire movie, a Hollywood movie on my laptop, is mind-boggling to me still. Yeah. Or that I could shoot, I can shoot 4K video with my iPhone is that the technology increases are are astronomical and with each change comes somebody wanting us to do something with it and it just it my head spins and so that's why I'm amazed at how well um, you manage all of these things because you're managing an enormous amount of technology especially with your studio opening you know, tripods and lights and color correction and um, talent and people talking on camera and people, you know, looking natural on camera and people, you know, not staring into the camera like deer and all of these things are 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 balls that you have to to juggle. I mean, it's it's quite uh, it's quite the workload. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have never dreamed in a million years that's what I would be doing, but I know. Who knows? I thought we'd be dead by now. <laughs> Just kidding. Thankfully not. Yeah, thankfully not. No, we've done pretty well for a couple of guys that went to the University of Iowa. Well, sir, I've kept you for an hour. You probably have um, uh, like things to do and work to get done and whatnot. Yeah, so, got a couple of new things to do. Yeah, there's probably someone saying, so wait a minute, I see a video has just been updated on your website, How to Do a Dinner Crawl. Oh, yeah, that, Did, that was put together by our mobile coach. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, because I, I was going to ask, are you sitting at a laptop updating while talking to me? Because that's, that's, I was going to say, you're Superman. <laughs> no, nope. All right, I'm going to sign off the podcast, but don't hang up. Scott, I can't thank you enough for... for um, taking the time, the hour to, to sit down with me and, and, and talk about all the amazing technological things that uh, newspapers and websites are doing and, and what you're doing in Rochester. And I think that your uh, experience there is, is at that at that level is just going to keep trickling down to newspapers, you know, big and small all across the, the country. Thank you, Todd. Pleasure talking to you. Hey, thanks, man. The Talking Pictures Podcast is a production of The Dispatch, The Rock Island Argus, and QCOnline.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to go to talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. Talking Pictures is produced by Todd Meisner, Paul Coletti, and Todd Walvert. Thanks to Laura Anderson-Shaw, Meg McLaughlin, Laura Frames, and Randy Fisk. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. Make sure you subscribe to Talking Pictures on iTunes or SoundCloud.